The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's up, Mr. Ladd? How you doing, man? I'm feeling good, man. Got the got the pre-show nap in. What about yourself? Oh, I got the pre-game nap in as well, man. Great minds thinking alike. I think we in sync here uh, going into week three on coast to coast. Yeah, man, I feel refreshed. Um, ready for another week of football. Last week was crazy. Do you have your phone on Do Not Disturb? That's the real question. Because yeah. I know somebody's going to call. Somebody's going to do this. Yeah, I do have it actually on Do Not Disturb. I just did it. So I'm, I'm ready to I'm go. So proud. I'm so proud of you. The maturity is coming through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if you don't grow, what are you doing in this world? <laughs> Hashtag be great. That's something Mark Gunnels. There you go. There you go. There you go. How's the family? How's the West Coast? What's life like over there in LA? Well, it's good, man. It's about 75 degrees right now. Pretty windy. Uh, the summer's pretty much over at this point. So, about to get some fall weather in California. I can't wait. Hoodie weather, baby. Yeah, we're getting to that point, too. It was supposed to be like mid-90s, mid to low 90s in KC, but the cold front just came in. You know, it's it's, it's cuffing season. I don't know if you know what that's about. <laughs> well, you know, I'm already, I'm already. Yeah. No. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what your situation is like over there. I'm not sure. You watching from the sidelines, I see. You know? Yeah, I'm watching you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm cheering you on in the front row on courtside, baby. You're a funny guy. Hoodies hey, speaking indeed, of, man. Speaking of being field side, man, how was Arrowhead last Thursday? Yeah, I was in the building from the whole home opener. It was interesting with the Thursday. I didn't know. I should have just. I should have just assumed that it was going to be packed out because the fans were ready and they had a couple beverages by the time kickoff hit. The 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 tailgate gates got open an hour early due to just. The insane traffic that there was in Arrowhead, but it was nuts, man. I, I will not. I will say I've never been like starstruck. I usually try to say I've never been starstruck, but seeing Jeff Bezos, that was that was that was nuts, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that on the that was shown out on the broadcast on TV. And because uh, he's like, Rockets was clean too, by the way. I didn't watch any of it. I heard there were some 
audio issues, but I mean, it was the first time out, you know, and you knew it wasn't going to be perfect, so to speak. Yeah, but now, I wish uh, about to say about uh, Bezos. Oh, 171 billion, man. What you mean? That's that's oh, different money. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know Mahomes is a half a billion dollar man, but Bezos walks into a room of celebrities and clears it, boy. Oh yeah, yeah. That was pretty, pretty festive, man. I mean, Arrowhead looked like it was rocking. You know, um, Thursday night home opener against the division rival, the team that people think is the only legit challenger in the AFC West. So I think it lived up to the hype. Let's get into it, man. Episode 25 here of Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Aaron Ladd here, Mark Gunnels there on the West Coast. We'll talk a little Chiefs Chargers there as we look back on week two and then preview week three. Big matchup in the AFC with the Chiefs headed out to Indianapolis. Of course, we'll talk a little Willie Gay as well. Then we'll head out to Vegas, man. Wasn't as good of a week as week one, but it was okay. You you did all right. You know, you can't win every time. We'll, we'll get into to Mark Gunnels' winners later in the show. We're going to start how we've been starting recently, and that's with our reviews, man. We, we asked, and the Coast to Coast community delivered. Uh, I, I got some suspicion with this one. I, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of curious, man. This uh, review writes in, uh, Arrowhead Pride is my go-to for Chiefs content. I really enjoyed Coast to Coast since they started. Really excited for this season following along. But there's no name. It says they won't take my name. Mark, was this you? Stop it, man. Come on. Mark, was this you, man? Are you really accusing me of this? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a little suspicious. You know, we go on, our, we go on the podcast and say, hey, can y'all leave us some reviews? Wherever y'all listen to podcasts, and the first one is, is is no name one there. I know you love the podcast, man, but this is for the the audience to write in, not not for you to boost yourself, man. It was not me. I'm clearing my name right now. It was not <laughs> Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd, always accusing me of stuff. It's really crazy at this point. Well, I know the Gunnels hive is deep. I know y'all y'all are everywhere. Y'all in all four corners of the globe. So this, this felt like your imprint. Whoever it was, we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Just want to push y'all one more time. If you have a review, good, bad, indifferent, favorite show moment, favorite thing about uh, Coast to Coast or Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network in general, leave a podcast review and we'll try and read it on the air, man. Uh, I, I thought this was cool to get one right off the top. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, obviously, we don't have a name next to it, so I can't say exactly thank you to whoever it was <laughs> personally. But if you're listening right now, I'm just going to say thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous. If you're listening right now, Mark Gunnels is going to cash that check that he owes you for this review. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs Chargers, 27-24 the final. Chiefs improved to 2-0 for the fifth time in the last six years. The first note I wrote down was Jalen Watson, man. Biggest play of the game, biggest play of his young career. Uh, and what a moment, what a game-changing moment in that one right there. I mean, what was your reaction to seeing that 99-yard pick six? Well, my initial reaction was shock and, you know, followed up by yelling in my apartment and then, you know, scared the people that was next door a little bit. But, you know, it's game day. They know what it, what it is over here at this household. So, yeah, that was my initial raw reaction. But then after I had a chance to really, you know, sit down and digest it, I mean, first of all, Everett, what was he doing? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know he was tired, but he just completely gave up on that route. It looked like he had inside leverage. I think that's what Justin Herbert saw. So he threw it to a spot, but obviously 
Everett was not there. And shout out to Jalen Watson for taking advantage of it and going away to the house. I mean, that's a long time to run. What, 99 yards? That's a lot of running. And, you know, it was a guy on his heels for a little bit, but obviously didn't catch him. And that was the turning point in the game, without question. Yeah, I want to offer a, a few numbers on, on the pick six because there were a lot of numbers around this game, but especially that drive. It feels like uh, a couple turning points in this one. The dropped interception for Patrick Mahomes uh, and, and this kind of this pick six, two kind of pillar moments in this key divisional battle in uh, the AFC West. Pete Sweeney got this one out. Chiefs winning per- percentage goes from 34% to 85% on that pick six and just threw that up in the jumbotron uh, a rookie that you know not many were maybe counting on to make plays in as big of a moment as this was uh, he's in the right place at the right time you touched on the conditioning and, and what was Gerald Everett there and I, and I wrote that down as well just because that seemed to be the the talking point from Kansas City's locker room coming at not only that play but uh, kind of that game the, we were the more conditioned team I think is what Justin Reed said to, to quote him there and it showed up specifically at that point in time, the biggest play of the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because we all know that Andy Reid has one of the hardest training camps in the entire NFL. That's been a thing since he's been a head coach. Everybody knows that. And obviously, he plays his guys in the preseason, and the Chargers don't at all. And a lot of these new, young, you know, innovative head coaches don't play their guys in the preseason. Sean McVay doesn't. You know, and I can name other ones as well. So I do think there is something to that, especially early in the season when guys are still trying to get their feet wet, get into a rhythm, you know, regain that chemistry from last year, or even when you got new guys trying to get some chemistry at all. And the Chargers do have a lot of new guys on their team, especially on defense. And that was J.C. Jackson's first game as well. And you see that Justin Watson embarrassed him on that one-on-one opportunity on that deep post route. So I I do think there is something to that. I think um, as teams get closer to, you know, the midway mark, you start seeing everything kind of balance out. But considering how hard the Chiefs go before the actual regular season, I do think they have an advantage, especially in September. And that's probably why you see Andy Reid have this great record and Mahomes is like the best quarterback ever in September. And I think that has something to do with it. The September numbers speak for themselves, not only for Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. You kind of touched on uh, Justin Watson. What a, what a big touchdown for, for Kansas City there on third down. It's just, uh, I almost tweeted this out. I, I think a couple people kind of noted it as well, but but an unlikely touchdown trio for Kansas City. As much as we like to talk about, oh, Juju's going to do this for this offense, and uh, can't wait to see what MVS does, and Sky Moore, and, uh, as well as Clyde has played through two games. To have the two Watsons and Jarek McKinnon score your only touchdowns in what could be a, a, a division-deciding game, I know it's early. I know it's early. Um, and there's going to be some people hitting the yellow lights out there. But uh, to have such an unlikely trio score a touchdown for you, uh, it shows how balanced you are. It shows that at any point in time, um, you're going to count on somebody to make a play, uh, whether it's <laughs> whether it's your third-string quote-unquote running back uh, in the passing game where you're a seventh-string cornerback coming in and making one of the biggest plays uh, of the game. It, it, it needs to come from everywhere for KC. Yeah, are your wide receiver five and Justin Watson as well. So, And that kind of goes back to what Patrick Mahomes was saying before the season. 
it's going to come from everywhere. You know, I'm sorry for the fantasy owners, basically, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing because there's not going to be the same steady guy every week. The closest you may get to that is Travis Kelsey. And even he had a quiet game on Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a testament to the depth on this roster. Uh, the scouting department, obviously, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, all in that room. And, I mean, like, like you said, man, the seventh-round pick, the seventh-round pick in this year's draft made the play of the game in a divisional game that in, that could end up, like you said, I know it's early, but every divisional game counts, man. You got to stack these wins up early because they're going to count at the end of the season. So that could have been a division-winning play, I mean, if you look back on it. So we'll see. I see you just shot me this note about uh, the AFC West not being – as good as you expected. It's a little early to call that, man. We're two weeks in. You already disappointed in the AFC West? I mean, the Raiders are 0-2. You saw how they lost that game against the Cardinals, who the Chiefs blew out. I mean, I think everybody thought the Raiders would win that game, and they lost the game in typical Raider fashion. And then the Broncos, I mean, yeah, they won this past week, but it was ugly. I mean, their fans were booing throughout the entire game. They're still having problems with the, the game clock and getting plays in in time. Hackett looks like he's it's a you know it's too much for him I I don't know man I think he's I I don't know so and we already knew heading to the season there was a big coaching advantage the Chiefs had over all the other teams but I think Brandon Staley he's in year two I think he's gonna be pretty good this year but Hackett and Josh McDaniels I mean to me I think it's clear that the Chiefs and Chargers are the top two teams in the AFC West I, I think the other two are, are not in the same tier. I mean, is that fair to say? Would you agree with that? Uh, I would tend to say it's still very early. And I saw Nick Jacobs does great work for us at 41 and is always here on Chiefs Twitter talking about how these next few, I mean, obviously the two, starting on the right foot is important, but, um, you know, this is when you really find out who teams are. There's starting to be a little bit of adversity. Um, there's injuries piling up. There's guys who you expect them to be there that weren't going to be there. Uh, I, I would say so far, yes, it's been disappointing, but it, I think that this division is going to be a little bit sloppier. Maybe you don't have the 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 high 13, 12 win team that, that we were counting on. Maybe everybody's stuck together at 8, 9, 10, 11. Nah, there's no way the Chiefs and Chargers will be down there. I think those teams are at least winning 11 games. I, I think the Chiefs win 12. I think the Chargers win 11 or 12 as well. Yeah, I, yeah you're tripping on that one. I ain't going to lie to you. You're tripping on that one. That's fine. I'll be on the other opposite side of the street as you per usual. I want to update these September numbers because we were talking about how the Chiefs own September. This tweet from Adam Schefter that I just threw up on the Jumbotron was after week one. So I'm going to try and update this a little bit on the fly. Uh, through 15 career September games, Patrick Mahomes has 48 touchdowns and three interceptions, 15 career September games. The Chiefs have won 13 of those 15 games, uh, I mean, speaks to the speaks to just how St. Joe gets KC prepared to start the ground running. Yeah, and I mean, it got you prepared, too. I mean, I heard you had a great performance during your home opener Thursday wow. night. Hey, you it know? was a good day on the bird. I, I can't even lie. It, it was a decent yeah, day Yeah, see, I got sources. I got people <laughs> watching you. I got eyes on you, man. I, I, I knew you was on the board, man. I, I, I know where you be at. You know what I'm saying? I got to keep tabs on you out there, man. Make sure you're in the good areas. So, yeah, I, I knew what you was on. You're a funny guy, man. Let's move on to the story of what it <laughs> seems like the week has been on Chiefs Twitter. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Aaron Ladd, 
Mark Gunnels, episode 25 here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Kind of a surprise, man. I saw you reeling uh, when Willie Gay's suspension was announced. He's going to miss the next four games for Kansas City. I guess we can do a little bit of initial reactions, but kind of want to see how you think this impacts Kansas City's defense. Hold on. First of all, let's address you being surprised at me reeling. What did you see that made you feel that way? Well, you were like, oh, I'm I'm beside myself right now. I, I, I don't even know what the KC is going to do. Like you were a member of the defensive coaching staff reeling on the, on, on the timeline. I'm like, Mark, you losing sleep over this? Oh, okay. First team, this is why I have to do some realignment on this show because Aaron <laughs> likes to take things and stretch the truth out and then it turns into a lie. So I have to make sure I'm informing the public, you people listening right now, the truth. I was not reeling. I was obviously disappointed because I do like Willie Gay's speed on this defense. He brings an element that we don't have, in my opinion, a guy that can go sideline to sideline. He's really good in pass coverage. So there is going to be a loss there. There's no denying that. You'll be delusional if you don't agree to that. And I would say that you don't think Willie Gay is that good. And I really do think Willie Gay has Pro Bowl potential. So it is a loss for sure. But like back to the depth I was talking about. I do think, you know, it's four games. I do think they can manage these four games without him. I think uh, Spags is going to have to be a little more creative in his coverages, maybe even give guys more help in certain areas. I'm curious to see what this means for Chanel. I mean, obviously he's not the guy that's replacing Willie Gay. He's still on his side. But I do think this will present more different packages for him to get more snaps. And he's been playing actually a pretty good amount, which has surprised me even to this point, even with Willie Gay in the lineup. So I think they'll be fine, especially in this matchup. I mean, the Colts are a very run-heavy team, or at least they should be. I don't know why JT only had eight carries last game against Jacksonville. That's still very weird to me. But I think that's even more emphasis on why he will carry the ball a lot more this week because they're going to want to keep Patrick Mahomes in that offense off the field. And I think uh, I think up front, in the front seven, they still have enough there to contain JT, stack the box. You're not really scared of their receivers. I know Pittman's going to be back. Alec Pierce, the rookie, is probably going to play. He practiced today as well. But none of those guys strike fear in my heart. So I would press coverage those guys, stack the box, and make Matt Ryan beat you, because I don't think he can at this point in his career. That last that last one was personal. I could feel it just in how the way you said it. What part? You know, Matt make make Matt Ryan beat you. you know, yeah. Oh, did I say it with like an extra emphasis? It, it was a little extra off in your voice. Like you just wanted to <laughs> I can sense the passion with this one. Uh, we're talking Willie Gay, his suspension gonna miss the next four games, dealing with that arrest from earlier this year. Uh I I, I guess I'm sure. Go ahead. Call me yellow light, whatever you want to say. I'm not as optimistic. Uh, in his absence, that uh, Darius Harris can just step in and it'll be as seamless. I think this is going to be one of the bigger challenges for KC. In this tough stretch, toughest stretch, toughest eight-game stretch in NFL history, it gets even tougher now with you missing a starting linebacker, Trent McDuffie's absence. Obviously, Kansas City was going to face adversity throughout this season. Um, and, and it comes here in week three. Uh, I, I, I put a couple tweets up on the Jumbotron, one of them from Nate Taylor, uh, who says that the four-game suspension was the final resolution. I know a lot of people were pushing, oh, why doesn't he appeal it? Why doesn't he appeal it? Four games seems a little heavy-handed, which is even something that I said right away 
Um, but the suspension is a suspension. You can't argue with the timing of it. I know a lot of Chiefs fans were like, oh, this happened so long ago. Why couldn't he have just started it in week one? Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, KC's just going to have to deal with it. And this is why you prepare for those type of situations. Mark talked to the depth um, and, and kind of guys behind him. You mentioned Leo Chanel. And I saw Harold Coons talk with him today out of the Chiefs facility. Busy day at a <laughs> busy day out there at the at the two stadiums, by the way. Um, but uh, oh, Leo's yeah. going to see, see some more opportunities. Uh, I mean, he, he struggled in, in pass coverage, which got a lot of press early in, in training camp. But, you know, you make the you make the 53. Um, there's nine times out of 10 your number's going to get called and people are going to look at you to step up at a moment's notice. And here's that moment. While it's Darius Harris is the first man, uh, Leo's going to have to uh, step in and fill that void. Yeah, man. And I don't think it's going to be a seamless, you know, just plug and play thing. Like I said, Willie Gates to me, I think really high of his potential. And I think he was just starting to flash it, which is very, very frustrating because it seems like that's always the case. Like even in previous years, he'll start to flash and look good. And then, oh, an injury happens. Right. And then now this year, a suspension. So it's just very, very frustrating because I just want to see him reach his full potential, especially during the stretch when you got these upcoming games against very, very potent offenses. Now, not the Colts, but then you got the Bucks. The Raiders have very high ceiling. And then, obviously, he's going to miss the Bills game, which is really, really going to suck. So, yeah, I mean, it's very unfortunate, the timing more so than anything. I'm looking at Willie Gay's numbers so far this year. Two games, two games started, two pass deflected, 16 total tackles, eight of them being solo and two for loss, including a quarterback hit. Well, he was flying around the ball Thursday night. And I remember just talking with Harold off the record and be like, hey, maybe he knew something was coming just with how ferocious he was playing. And it seemed like he was trying to make 30 tackles at once. Uh, but it's no doubt it's no doubt that not only they're going to miss his presence on the field, but kind of the juice he brings to that that locker room and that unit. This is a guy that's football first. I think Andy Reid even mentioned uh, specifically you know, it's going to be a tough four games for him, but uh, we got to have we got to have more serious dialogue when it comes to to mental health. This is a guy that came out last year and was like, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, I'm in the league and making a lot of money and living out my dreams. People think everything is peachy and that kind of thing. But I think sometimes we throw this blanket on mental health and, and think that it's going to be a rosy conversation and it, and it always looks good. But uh, there's a lot that we don't know here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes fans forget that these guys are actual human beings and, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on outside of football like we do in our real life outside of where wherever we work at. So it's the same thing, man. You know, it's just that they're making millions of dollars and we're not. But it doesn't change the fact that these guys are human. They have real emotions and, you know, they have to take care of their mental health just like everybody else does. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Chiefs will be without Willie Gay for the next four games. It is oh, – I just lost the schedule. Uh, he'll be back after the the Bills game. Let's transition into our Colts preview, if that's cool with you, Mark. And then I see a couple of audience hands up. I see y'all rocking with y'all. We will get y'all in at the end of the show. Love talking to y'all. Love making y'all part of the program here. Andy Reid says something that I think he always says. Not only is he looking forward to the challenge of playing Indianapolis, but said specifically – 
ignore their record. This is a good team. Is this a good team, Mark? Be honest, because their first two weeks, they hadn't really put out a great product. No, right now they're not a good team, but it's kind of unfair to judge them because they haven't even been close to 100%. And the guys they've been missing are key guys. It's not like they're just missing, you know, one of the worst guys in their starting lineup. They're missing arguably the best linebacker in football, Shaq Leonard, who should probably be back this week. They were missing their number one receiver last week and Michael Pittman. And they were missing Alec Pierce, who they picked in the second round at wide receivers. So, I mean, you insert those guys this week, you were instantly a much better team than you were against Jacksonville in week two. And then obviously they didn't have Leonard in week one or week two. So you're getting the best linebacker back against the Chiefs. So, yeah, we can really judge them after this game and the next couple games when they're mostly at full. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, obviously they're not a good team because they just lost 24 nothing <laughs> to Jacksonville. I mean, obviously, like I said, despite the people missing, still kind of bad not to score even a single point in Jacksonville. It's pretty bad. And, you know, there's a question out there to see. I mean, I'm not willing to say it yet, but through the first two games, is Matt Ryan washed? I mean, we see quarterbacks that, you know, look good. Stop up it. Until their, I, know, I know you're oh, – I forgot you're an Atlanta guy, so you got a little personal bias here. I forgot about that. Be respectful. But, Watch yourself. But, uh, but, I mean, we've seen guys fall off the cliff when it's least expected. You know, you just really can't predict it. And, I mean, his arm does look pretty noodle-ish. I mean, you would be uh, naive not to agree with that <laughs> Yo, after you the wild. first two games. <laughs> Skip Gunnels has, has entered the chat. Wow, because I said, it, it, is his arm not noodle-ish right now? How do you determine if somebody's arm is noodle-ish? Is that, is that, a, is that a sign uh, you could say Just the, the philosophy off the ball, you know, next-gen stats and stuff like that, you know? I'm not willing to say he's washed yet, but I, I agree with you, and I, I'm kind of calling cap on what Big Red said. This isn't a good team. Uh, maybe they get a little extra juice because it is the home opener. Haven't been home yet this year. This I mean, season. what is Big Red going to say? This is a bad team. Yeah, playing this I, mean, I remember when they played the Jets my first season here, and the Jets were like a one-win team. And heck, he said this about the Falcons when the Falcons came in here, and they were like a three-win team. <laughs> they almost won that game, but I don't know. You can't overlook anybody in this league. And he says it for a reason. Whether whether there is some cap in there or not, I'm going to take him on his face value. I, I think Indy is dangerous. And while Matt may not be at the peak of his powers anymore, I'm not that naive and would say that he's still a, a top-flight quarterback. There's playmakers around the ball, and you're down a couple starters on defense any given Sunday in this league. I'm looking at the injury report now. Looks like Pierce and Pittman came back to practice in some form for Indianapolis on Wednesday when we are recording this. Something to monitor as the week continues for Kansas City. It's Harrison Butker and Mike Dana logging DNPs with their injuries. McCole Harvin, a limited participant with a heel injury. Um, so I, I, I don't know, man. If you if you ask me on paper, this should be a win for Kansas City. Uh, but I, I I tend to agree with agree with Big Reed and throw the yellow up, man. It's, I'm true to my nature. What can what can I say? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, are we giving score predictions right now? We're doing that right now? I'm going to let you handle that. I got one more piece uh, okay. uh, of news that I want to ask you about before we head out to Vegas. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to give any any losers out. I'm feeling very – even though I am feeling good about fantasy, I've only lost one matchup across four leagues through two weeks. But Oh, man, congrats to you on that, man. It's Happy early. Yeah, hey, appreciate you, big dog. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, 
But uh, no, I like the Chiefs to win this game by two touchdowns. Shocker. I mean, the Colts. <laughs> the Colts. I mean, look at the line. The Chiefs Shocker. are favored. The Chiefs are six and a half favorites on the road. How often do you see that? You you rarely see a team on the road favorited by that many points. So Vegas is telling you this is going to be a double digit win. And the Colts, like I said, Matt Ryan is not the same guy anymore. His arm was never even that strong to begin with. And now it's even less at this point in his career. And like I said, now you're going to have extra possessions because I don't think the Colts are going to be able to sustain drives in this game. Like the Chargers, they did really good at ball control and converting on third down. I think the Colts are going to struggle in that department in this game, which means more possessions for Patrick Mahomes in this offense, and they're going to score 30-plus. Sounds like we're headed out to Vegas. I'm going to give your predictions. From, well, first and foremost, was that an official one? Are you are you putting that down as one of your locks of the week for this game? Yeah, Chiefs minus six and a half. Yes, Chiefs minus six and a half. Well, let's go back first and review from, from, from week two. This was your Chiefs and Chargers predictions. You said McCole Hardman over on the receiving yards, 36 and a half. What was the official number? I know it hit. Um, yeah, he, he ended up with, I think, 49. And, and that was a good call. Uh, yeah, he 49 yards, correct there. So that was the win. And then you had Mahomes over rushing yards, 16 and a half. And yeah, he, Chiefs, didn't even, he didn't even run the ball at all. <laughs> Chiefs minus four, which was the back door of the it was not of the yeah. century, but you could have seen it. I got back door by a guy that had rib problems. <laughs> it was a hell of a throw, especially for him to it come was. back a, 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 in that way. It was a uh, nerve wracking moments there. But Mark goes one for two in week two. That brings your record overall, I believe, to five and two. Five and two for the year. So everybody still got their home. Everybody still got their home. You've already given out one winner, hopefully, for week number three. What are the other ones, Mark? Yes, I got Chiefs minus six and a half. I'm gonna take the over on Travis Kelsey receiving yards at 73 and a half. I think this number is really low considering what he did last week. And I, I know he had a a bad week last week for stats. So that's why I'm saying that. Cause I think they're putting too much stock into what happened last week against a very, very good chargers defense, very physical defense and the Colts, the way their scheme, especially with Gus Bradley, the middle of the field is going to be open a lot in this game. And Mahomes kills Gus Bradley's defenses. He was the DC for the Raiders last year. So, you know, you know how those two games went, they scored over 40 in each game. So, <laughs> obviously, he has better personnel with the Colts, but I still think they're going to be able to throw the ball around a lot. And I think Kelsey's going to eat, especially indoors. We know Mahomes' stats in the domes. So, I think uh, Kelsey has a big day. And you know what? That's all I got for you today, this week. That's all I got. You know, I, every week you don't got to have three or four plays, you know. I don't got to force plays if I don't like them. So, I only like he's, two plays this week. He's staying confident with his two plays, and we will keep you accountable. We'll track those and keep them back <clears throat> here on our next episode of Coast to Coast. This is my last thing before we take audience questions. I see a couple people with their hands up. Appreciate y'all waiting. Sky Moore only got two offensive snaps. No, it's been your guy. I know on this platform previously you said he was better than McCole Harbin. Should be getting the, the work, the lion's share, the workload, all of the above. You love throwing that out there, don't you? <laughs> Just Yo, I, I was I, I even tweeted this out. I'm patient on this. I feel like there's enough ball to go around. Uh, Sky Moore is a rookie. 
Uh, he's shown that Mahomes will get him the ball. Uh, two snaps in week two. Uh, I mean, I'm not over the moon about it, but I'm also not worried. Yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, I even expected maybe not two snaps, <laughs> but I expected him not to really be involved that much early in the season. I've always said wait till about midseason around the bye to really see him get incorporated in this offense. Now, hopefully it's a lot sooner than that, because I do think from a skill set standpoint, I do think he is ready to play now. I mean, he has the good release, great route runner already, good hands. So I think from that point, he's ready. Now, as far as the playbook and learning all the nuances of it and things of that nature, maybe not. Because we know how hard it is to learn the Andy Reid playbook. So maybe he's not all the way there yet. Or just maybe, just maybe, they're trying to give more hard men and NVS and Juju opportunities to prove their worth early on. You know, you know, kind of like a seniority type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. But... I'm not concerned. I think he has a new element to this receiving room that they don't have yet. So I cannot wait until he's unlocked. <sighs> Let's get to the questions, my man. Well, what's that side for? Well, your last you said that they're giving Juju and MVS routes out of seniority, Mark. Come on, dog. I mean, I think I think Sky is a more refined route runner than both of those guys. <laughs> Why is that funny? Have you not seen his film? I see Man the Myth the Legend has speaking access. Let's go ahead. Wow, Aaron, you are nasty, bro. Let's go ahead and bring them up. Hey, what's, what's, what's up? up? What's up? What's up, bro? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, I was just saying, hey, I was going to. Oh, you got a lot of wind in your background. You outside? Yeah, my fault. Hold on. Uh, we'll get back to you. Hold on. We'll get back to you. My boy outside in Chicago. Well, you know, people are actually doing the work. Not everybody has, you know, home service and delivery and food. You know, you... You live in a plush life out there in L.A. <laughs> what's up, CJ? How you Mark, doing, Mark, Aaron, what's going on, fellas? Hey, I'm chilling, man. Yo. So I'm going to be at the game on Sunday. I just wanted to get y'all takes. What do you think is a bigger matchup, our O-line against their D-line or our DBs against their receivers? When you say bigger matchup, like, which, like what? Yeah, like which one do you think is more important? Uh, which one's more important? Mm, you said their D-line against our O-line? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think that's definitely more important because we saw last week when the Chargers got to Mahomes, you know, he got a little little shaken a little bit. and He kind of rushed things at times, and he wasn't able to really go through his progressions. And I think the Colts' pass rush really hasn't been that good. They didn't sack Trevor Lawrence once last week. So, I mean, if they're going to give him a lot of time, especially in a dome and then against that Gus Bradley scheme, I think he's going to pick him apart. So I think that's definitely more important. Uh, as far as the result of the game, because I don't really think the Colts receivers are, are much to be scared of. I mean, I like Pittman, but outside of that, it, nothing really there I don't think is really coming from them at that point. I'll agree with Mark on this one. I, I think everything Kansas City likes to do is predicated off timing and keeping everything on script, and that all starts with the offensive line, uh, keeping Mahomes protected, and, and setting holes for the run game. Jeff Schwartz has done a really good job. Good, tw- good Twitter follower in the Chiefs community uh, uh, of highlighting some of the run work uh, that they've done with a with, with a banged up unit earlier in the year. I think KC's offensive line sets the tone for that offense. No, I completely agree. Appreciate the time, fellas. Hey man, you're, appreciate boy. You're. <laughs> hey man, Myth, you ready, bro? Yeah, I'm ready. What's up, fellas? Hey, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing pretty well. 
um, I was over here trying to think of a good question I asked you guys, and I think I came up with, how do we feel about our D lineman unit versus their offensive line? Um, we know that their offensive line is not uh, what it used to be in the past, so how do we feel about that, and who do we feel like can expose a matchup? Yeah, so I know their O-line definitely has holes, I believe, at left guard and right tackle, if I'm not mistaken. I know one of those posi- two of those positions for sure are big question marks. I've even talked to several Colts fans, and they've expressed that to me as well as I was doing some research on them. So, yeah, they're definitely um, able to be had. I mean, Matt Ryan was sacked multiple times last week. He threw three picks because of pressure. So, I mean, I think the Chiefs D-line, I mean, you invested a lot in this D-line for a reason. So this is a prime game to get after because, let's be honest, the first two games you went against Kyler Murray. We know how mobile and shifty he is. And then you went against Justin Herbert. He's not as mobile as Kyler, but he's still not a statue back there. He's a guy that can move around, manipulate the pocket, and extend plays. That's not the case here with Matt Ryan. This will be the first quote-unquote statue they're facing at quarterback so if you're going if you're not going to get after Matt Ryan I don't know who you're going to get after this man Mark said I was doing research and that research consists of jumping in as many spaces from Indianapolis as he could and getting the pulse of, of Colts Nation that's the research Mark yeah I was getting I was in the horseshoe man all week I've been in the horseshoe they're actually having the space tonight I'm probably going to evade as well you should join me. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say if you if you do that, Mark, you should invite. No. Me. Let's go on to cult space tonight, baby. Yo, don't encourage this behavior, man. I I, I get on Twitter any hour of the day. Mark Gunnels is in space. It's crazy. <laughs> you got anything to add to that, or you want to move on to the next? Nah, one? we can move on. You handled it beautifully, my co-host. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, how you doing, the Oracle? Hey, yo, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Man. I got a betting question for y'all. Hey, what do we think about the over? I saw it's at 50 and a half. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor's due for uh, a positive correction in his touchdown department. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but um, that's what I'm thinking this week. Uh, well... I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, you're the Vegas guy. I don't think 50 and a half seems crazy. KC's shown the propensity to score. It's a home opener for Indianapolis. I know they have a noodle-arm quarterback, according to my co-host, but at 25 each, that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. The only thing that will worry me is Harrison Butker's status for KC. Obviously didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, Amendola filled in admirably, but obviously for those longer field goals, you'd like to have seven back out there. Yeah, so when I look at over-unders, I try to think of the ceiling and the floor of each team offensively, realistically, in that matchup. I think the ceiling for the Chiefs in this game is 40 points. I really do. Considering the potential extra possessions, playing in a dome, and, I mean, like I keep mentioning, man, that Gus Bradley defense. Mahomes kills it every single time. So I think the, the ceiling is 40. I think the floor is 28. The offense scored 20 last week because obviously seven was due to the defense. And that was against maybe the best defense they're going to play all season long. And they still scored 20 points. So I think the floor is 28. So, I mean, somewhere in the middle, 34, 35. And that means at that point, the coaches have to score, what, 16 to 17 points? I think that's very, very doable in this game, especially if it gets out of hand. You know how it is in the fourth quarter. They score a couple garbage touchdowns. 
So yeah, I like the over. I like it at 50, 50 and a half. I hope you're giving out winners on our platform, man. We're trying to grow our audience, not not. Uh... But that's not. Don't count that as my official play, though. Like, that, was me, that was just me giving advice. That was just me giving advice. That doesn't count as my record. I see how it is. All right, uh, we got one more up here. Foster, how you doing? All right. Whoa, brother. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, 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 you lost the Midas touch with you inviting folks up, man. I mean, that was the only like. Well, the other one, other guy, he had he was in the win. He didn't know, but I mean, I'm gonna get back to you, bro. I'm gonna go to uh, Dylon first. Get your music together. Turn that down, brother. We couldn't hear anything besides your music. It's like using the trap. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get that together, my my guy. Uh, let's go ahead, Dylon. <laughs> Man, it's Dylan. How you gonna do me like that? My bad, Dylan. I always get Dylon, Dylan. I'm sorry. Nah, man. I'm you're so good, sorry. man. Um, I think I'm speaking on behalf of most Chiefs fans when they say they've been really disappointed with uh, Clyde's performance the past couple of years. He played really well his rookie year, but last year dealt with some injuries. If he's seems a lot more explosive this year, if he continues at the pace he is, uh, do you think the Chiefs will will exercise that fifth year option? Let me get this from Mark. And this is a good question from our from our guy, Dylan. Uh, I actually asked Clyde about this after that Thursday night game because we have it seems like we have seen a different guy. Uh, he's got the he's got the two receiving touchdowns in the first week. Uh, he, he looks like a more explosive runner that 52 yard run against the Chargers, the longest of his NFL career so far. Uh, and he mentioned having a full offseason. You know, he mentioned the, the gallbladder surgery the offseason before and uh, that kind of limited his his rehab, limited his ability to get stronger, get faster, more explosive in the offseason. It would be a no-brainer for Kansas City to pick up his options should he continue his production. Um, but, you know, they like to have a lot of different flavors. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. They like to have a first down back, a second down back, a change of pace guy, uh, a passing game guy. They're one of the few offenses that still holds a fullback in, in high regard and keeps a fullback on the roster. And Andy Reid talked about that in Monday's availability and how it gives them a lot of different looks. Um, I, I, I wish the – this is a very popular Instagram caption. But I wish the, the disrespect was as loud as the apology needs to be for Clyde because he's played well through two weeks, Mark. Yeah, but it's only been two weeks. So, like you say, I'm going to be yellow light Mark here on this one calm down he's looking good he's looking explosive i'm happy for him i love it but can we see it for at least half a season first that's all i ask that's all i ask and it's just crazy because you're normally the one that's a uh, caution and you're you're all in you're green light lad right now i didn't say i was green light but i said yo i mean folks were folks were but you're talking about door, uh, the, the caption on instagram needs to be loud as the disrespect after two games? Two games? <laughs> Yo, the conversation in this offseason was let's package Clyde up plus something else and go get somebody who can actually run the football. And so far through three games, two games, whatever it is, uh, Clyde has shown that he is maybe not who you thought he was when you drafted, but he is a serviceable running back. Eric Bieniemy talked about this in camp. Uh, that, you know, Clyde is a great athlete who just happens to play running back. That says a lot to me. That says, you know, we need to figure out a better way, not only Clyde, but also the coaching staff to get him more of it, get him in positions where he can win and he can benefit this offense. You know, a lot of times 
when players aren't producing, fans immediately go to that player and say, why aren't you producing? When realistically, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit in the middle. Sometimes it's that molding of scheme and talent. And the Chiefs have done a better job. And Clyde has done a better job so far this year of mixing that scheme and talent and and, and turning it into production. No, absolutely. I mean, he's definitely been serviceable. I'm not going to deny that at all. I'm just going to say, let's just see it a little bit longer. And I'll be cool with that. But we're done for the day. You got anything else to add? Yo, you already clocked out. You already got got a foot out the door. The requests are closed, man. (laughs) (laughs) The other guy dropped out. I don't know what's going to happen next. We had trap music being played in the background. I I don't know what was that about. I mean, you brought... You brought your guys from Atlanta up here? What's going on, man? This, this is a black platform. Do we have to, you know, there's very few in Chiefs Kingdom. You know, I got to let you know, in case you didn't know. No, nah, that's very true. That's very, very true. <laughs> very true. I just wasn't expecting that. It caught me off guard. <laughs> Appreciate y'all rocking with us. We'll recap Chiefs Colts and then preview week four. Next week on Chiefs Coast to Coast, we out. Let's get it. Let's get it.